0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of What the Fuck is Wrong with You People. So, I know I talked about this in a broad scope episode. I don't know if I talked about this as its own episode. If I did, well, you're just going to have to deal with a repeat or a remake or reboot <laughs> of, uh, of the same old idea. Because affairs were, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's worth repeating. Let me put it that way. And it's what the fuck is wrong with you people and university intellect. And basically it's about people who listen to university professors or university experts as the final source of anything. It surrounds the idea of tenured professors in the pay-to-play publishing scheme where in order to keep your Sierra at a university, schools expect you to keep their name in academic journals. And university professors, while usually they are well-educated in the respective fields, university professors have a tendency to repeat and reiterate dogma that is largely bullshit they aren't real world uh, sources of knowledge they're university sources of knowledge and it's, it's all about where that knowledge comes from And whether that knowledge has been the subject of uh, applications of real-world study and uh, real-world knowledge, etc., etc., etc. Now, what do I mean by real-world versus academic world? It boils down to where they get their sources of knowledge. Do they get their sources of knowledge from actually doing something from uh, going out there to dig sites, from examining what's going on, from uh, being a participant in aspects of education and knowledge beyond what their textbook says for their specific classroom. University professors are typically required to stick to their own field of study and they produce reports and studies and examinations based off of other university professors who base the reports and studies and examinations of other university professors without actually trying to disprove each other through real world examination and practice. And sometimes you run into incredibly intelligent university professors who excel in their fields and promote new avenues of study and knowledge. That's typically done with professors who have a very specific form of study that does not differentiate between the classroom and real world applications. And that would be mathematics, various forms of mathematics. But even then, you don't have a 100% advantage. I mean for for a couple decades, university professors said that no airplane or 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 form of flight could break the sound barrier because it would be like hitting a brick wall and then destroy the airplane. These are physics people, intelligent people. And they weren't smart enough to know that real world study trumps university study every single time. I mean, uh, look up, uh, Colonel Stapp, I believe, it, I believe it was, uh, Colonel. Um, I might be wrong on the on uh, this on his, on his uh, final uh, title. Uh, look up uh, John Stapp, J O H N S T A P P. He's the guy who put together Murphy's laws, Stapp's laws, etc. He and Murphy, they worked at universities, but they weren't university professors in the way that I'm describing. Uh, Murphy, in fact, was exactly the opposite. He had nothing but disdain for people who sat in the office all day making shit up, pulling stuff out of their ass, and not actually doing real tests. And um, John Stapp and Murphy, you know, Stapp and Murphy were all part of uh, research and development in ways where they were guinea pigs themselves. Creating new forms of flight, jet engines, etc, etc, etc. Murphy abused his body to give us information that university professors claimed was bullshit. And uh, their information allowed for jet flight Um, gave us critical studies about safety belts staying alive after accidents Uh, the first ejector seats these men were real-world engineers and physicists in every which way to a point where their own bodies were part of their experiments in order to prove university professors who said your whole insights would be liquefied if you if you stopped so suddenly. You wouldn't be able to travel this far. There is a jet, uh, an ejection seat would shatter your bones because of the force involved. That's what I mean about university professors. Let me give you an example of a university professor that I ran across. I don't even know the man. Uh, Maybe even be a maybe it's even a woman. I'm I'm making an assumption here. Um, I know that the a man and a woman both contributed to this book. It was a cookbook for Pompeii. This dumb fucking prick had this huge write up in this cookbook about how Roman cheesecake wasn't like our modern-day cheesecake. In fact, it was very bready. It didn't taste like cheese at all, but it utilized a f- uh, cheese in order to create the bread. And they said it was it was a dessert, as some people suggest that it was, uh, that this recipe produces a base form of bread to be used with others, but uh, I don't believe so, because it's sweetened, it has sugar, and it has cheesecake, so it really is a form of cheesecake, only uh, you know, throughout the years it evolved. This is fucking bullshit, right? I'm I'm trying to remember what it uh, everything it was, because you know, part of it was actually in the cookbook, part of it I actually looked up, because they had this... uh, you know, the professor also had some sort of website or something where they talked about Roman cheesecake. Only it's more like cheese bread. And it's all, this This university professor said all of this bullshit based off of the idea that the recipe for bread, that, you know, they called it cheesecake. God, I can't tell you how much that pissed me off. After I got done cooking it, it pissed me off so much. Um, There is no milk in the recipe. There is something that is the equivalent of Italian uh, cheese. They call it Italian cheese or um, cream cheese. That's what they call it. Italian cream cheese. But what it really is, is, is a very uh, bland form of milk solid that's similar to ricotta. Ricotta, ricotta, however you pronounce it, is a cheese used in cheesecake. Absolutely. Uh, but this dumbass never fucking worked in a kitchen in their entire goddamn lives. They were not trained to be chefs. They never even took a semester of chef school. They didn't even fucking watch a cooking show. Because if they did, they would have known. Hell, I don't even believe they they grew up. um, I mean, if they grew up in the 50s, they would know that they were fucking wrong. Because as recently as the 50s and 60s, Supposedly, this professor was an older person uh, by the time, you know, I mean, I mean, older person by my standards. They're, they're like 20 years older than me. Um, as recently as the 50s and 60s, you had condensed milk commercials and milk solid commercials. Carnation, the condensed milk of the contented cow, talking about how to use condensed milk solids or any form of milk solid as a substitution for fresh for fresh milk. You're seeing where I'm going with this now, right? Real cheesecake, when you have ricotta cheese in it. Ricotta cheese is like 80% of the recipe. You know, 70 to 80% of the recipe. The condensed milk solid That was used, this flavorless Italian cheese, cream cheese, isn't actually for cheesecake. It had no flavor because it was a substitution for milk. See, as every chef in the world knows, fresh milk back in the ancient world was. Either from the cow's teat, or the cow's udder, or it wasn't fresh milk. The Romans did a number of things to preserve their milk. See, they didn't have, well, they did kind of sort of have condensed milk where they would boil it down, uh, an early form of vulcanization. But they also did other things like mix blood with milk sound really disgusting to us, but some people in the world still do it. The blood stops the milk from curdling. Or, they would mix it with uh, powder such as uh, talc. There's been talc and chalk and that type of stuff. You know, earth uh, mixed with milk that people have found before. Uh, Chalk, you know when people talk about chalky milk it's not just oh it tastes like this that phrase came from people actually mixing chalk with milk you know it's a benign base and what you do is you let the chalk settle down or you stir the chalk you know once a day into the milk the chalk would uh, stifle the bacteria from forming and you drain the milk through uh, like a cheesecloth or, or another cloth in order to uh, serve it to people right get rid of the chalk and then you'd have you know your warm milk to drink another form of milk is is in between condensed milk and cheese you would have the milk Curdle and collect and condense similar to mozzarella. It wouldn't, it wouldn't get to the mozzarella point, but you know, even mozzarella was considered a milk solid. You would condense the milk down to almost the point where it'd start forming into cheese. And you would then have the milk solid. That could stay for a couple of days. It's almost like a gelatin-like thing. You know, it's similar to uh, tofu when tofu is is condensed. Uh, it, it like has the same cons- consistency as tofu, and it's called Italian cream cheese, but it's not Italian cream cheese. Uh, you know, it's. it's see, I, I I hate that term. I hate that term because ricotta. Is actually Italian (laughs) and that's cream cheese so it's like a step between liquid milk and ricotta or ricotta and uh, and or mozzarella it's not cream cheese it's a milk solid because technically cheese has not had the ability to form yet so now that I've explained it to death you get where I'm going it wasn't Roman cream cheese cake or Roman cheesecake. What I was making was wheat bread. There was no fucking cheesecake, anything about it. Romans actually had a form of cheesecake because they actually used ricotta cheese when they made cheesecake like dishes. No, this was just fucking bread. And this university professor went on this huge fucking diatribe about how, well, this is really Roman Roman cheesecake and you could see how tastes have changed in the last 2,000 years. No, you dumb fucking bitch. Take a cooking class. Everything you said is wrong because you're stupid and you probably haven't cooked anything in your entire fucking life because if you did you would understand the basics and the concepts of substitution and you clearly demonstrated that you don't and it's not an isolated case dumb dipshits like that who get put in recipe books and get credited with rescuing an ancient recipe, they might rescue something through translation, but they're not intellectually qualified to make any statements about it. And that's what I think of whenever I think of university intellect. I think of Roman cheesecake. They can produce something smart, but that doesn't mean they know what the fuck they're producing. That's why I really, really don't give any credit to university professors unless they're like John Stapp or Murphy, where they're actually going out there and doing something physical in the real world, where they're leaving their goddamn pay-to-play journal publishing bullshit at school behind a locked door and exploring the real world for real world knowledge. University professors don't do that, or they typically don't. So just don't trust university professors. Trust them for knowing enough to get you out in the real world don't trust them to know anything about the real world unless they're routinely involving themselves in it you know obviously there are a lot of university professors out there who do not fall in this category and they're incredibly intelligent and uh i i love them i love them to death i don't love them that much but i mean they're, they're good people but the vast majority of them fall into this category So what the fuck is wrong with you people and I'm just going to say it, Roman Cheesecake. That's going to be the new title of this now that I've finished. Anyway, you guys take care. Bye.